0: Plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hello, and welcome to 100% Hits Volume Pod, the podcast that looks back on the greatest compilation series this country, nay, the world has ever produced. My name is Josh Earl, and joining me this week, you may know him as the host of Hey Fam, All the Small Games. Serious issues or his DJ work. Please welcome to Andrew Levins. Yeah, yeah.
0: I have to I have to say, Josh, uh, two of those podcasts are deader than most of the careers of the oh. artists we're about to talk about. But oh. only recently dead.
1: Can you please uh, change just... your Twitter bio? Then I need to.
0: I, okay, I will. I will. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's on me, not you. Hey, <laughs> doing, man? I'm very good. Very good. Very excited to talk about this. When you announced this podcast, I was like, oh. I know it's such a faux pas to be like, "Hey, can I be on the podcast?" But I'm sure Josh no. knows. Josh knows that if uh, you know, if I have any expertise, it's it's uh, it's 90s music.
1: Yeah. Well, what we're doing today, we're talking about Volume Three, Side B today.
0: Yeah. Well, so I was very, I was really looking forward to being on this podcast, and then you told me which songs we'd <laughs> be focusing on in particular, and my excitement dwindled slightly. But oh,
1: <laughs> I know. I for the listener, you all know that I can only not like publicly one song. Per, per episode, as I sent the list to Levins, I was very much like going, "There's some real stinkers on this one, and I'm going to struggle only not yeah. liking one one track."
0: I'm going to hate a lot of these songs on your behalf. You Thank can li- you. hate hate vicariously through me.
1: Thank you. It's it's like voting in the in the recent <laughs> election. It's like how many of these assholes can I give yes. the last vote to? Yeah. But you're you're a big pop music fan. Uh, have you always been a big pop music fan?
0: Yeah, so um, my first ever CD is 100% Hits, Volume 13. Oh, great. I split it. It was 30 bucks, as all CDs were back in yeah. our day. Um, and I split it with my mum. She paid half of it because it had the song Jesse by Joshua Caddison on it. Oh. And she was a huge Jesse fan. One of the great but, Joshes. Yeah, what I loved about 100% Hits is like, you know, like, yeah, you say you're a pop music fan, but... Yeah, you have like the first five songs are always like the, the the biggest songs on the radio at that time. But then there are dance songs. There's a the token rap song. There yeah. was even a few alternative rock songs. It was like the first time I ever heard Green Day yep. was on 100 hits. Uh, Longview was on it, which yeah. is a great introduction to Green Day. Um, it is. And I think like yeah, I'm I, I've Rage was such an amazing uh, resource for me as a kid. I was obsessed with it. Every morning I would get up and they would do the top fifty. Uh, songs uh, in Australia yep. um, on Saturday, so I'd have to get up at like five in the morning, and I would, and I would watch the entire 50, um, and that that was about from 1994 till 1997, that was my life. Then we got Channel V for a bit, oh. but there were so many ways to listen to so many different kinds of music, yep. um, and I'm not just being like that guy that's like, oh, you know, things were different back then, but... People definitely drew lines like back then, like, oh, I only like this type of music, but I liked everything. And, well
1: that um, was the thing. I my first experience of hearing about you, I didn't know you, but I heard you from when you DJ'd at Meredith Music Festival mm-hmm. and there was a little bit of controversy because <laughs> you played some pop songs.
0: Yeah. I played uh, and and I I mixed them into songs that were not pop that I that they clearly took inspiration from. So I played yeah. Sorry by Justin Bieber and mixed it into a bunch of dancehall songs from Jamaica. Um, and uh, look, the, the, I don't think the, the, the main point of scrutiny wasn't that I played Justin Bieber. It was that when I saw a mixed reaction from the crowd, I pulled the music down and yelled, fuck anybody who doesn't love Justin Bieber <laughs> at the thousands of people before me. I think a few people took umbrage to that more so than Justin Bieber itself.
1: <laughs> well, I think you're ahead of the game because I was on Triple R at the time, which was very, they were very much like had some of the old guys there who should be off that station. They've been there for far too long. It should be like you get four years of a show and then you either do a new show or you leave. I just think that's that's how community radio should work. Get they push you to like
0: triple S. Does that or exist just, for older people?
1: Or you could work in work in the office. If you really want to be a part <laughs> of community radio, just go work in the office. Be yep. in, the, in the library there. There's plenty of work. But it's that thing of like they were complaining about, oh, Justin Bieber, it's Meredith. It's not what Meredith is about. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, If you're that concerned about the songs in between the bands, I don't think you're doing Meredith right.
0: Yeah. No offence uh, to you,
1: Levens, that it was paid to be there, but it's that thing of like, you've had 70 hours of entertainment. If like three minutes is not to what you wanted it to be, well, I'm sorry. You, yeah. Yeah. I, I,
0: was booked, I was booked just to play party stuff, which is what I do. You know, I like, I read a crowd. I see what I see. What the average age of everyone is and I just play songs that I think they're going to connect with. Yeah. Um, yeah. And
1: Well... We're going to connect with some of these songs.
0: Yeah, so I was really excited about this because, um, and I was very jealous that Jen and Alexi got um, Crystal Waters as their first song because I've actually DJed for Crystal Waters. Oh, wow. Uh, I've toured with her. I did about 12 shows with her in 2017. Yep. Um, and her show's amazing. I do, like, so I'm a DJ. Um, I did a 90s party called The Rhythm of the Night in Sydney um, for, for about eight years um and basically that was a yeah like a 90s dance party we did alternative nights we did hip-hop nights r&b nights we had uh joanne who sings jack 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 yeah. perform there can we i just had- say
1: what, one of the greatest karaoke performances i've ever seen is a woman singing that song when it started no one knew what it was and by the end of it we're like oh this song's the best we love amazing
0: it. Yeah. highlight of my life is uh joanne and i doing that at a festival and she sang Lev Lev Levins instead of Jack, Jack, Jackie <laughs> to a crowd who were like, who the fuck is Levins? Um, and then uh, we also had uh, Swoop, who played Apple Eyes, performed oh. the Rhythm of the Night as well. Um, but then as a DJ, I've toured with um, and D- and DJed for uh, Boys, Bewitched, E17, uh, Crystal Waters, uh, Sonique, Tina Wigfield, sorry, no, Tina Cousins, Wigfield. um, there's there's more for sure but uh did Liberty S- X yeah Sonic
1: of... did Sonic who who did the song about uh your beautiful uh, and I I want to kill myself because you're so beautiful was that I Sonic that's
0: not Sonic no All Sonic right. is uh feels so good oh, okay great right. song Big Well. Banger. but I have DJed. um I've opened for one of the acts that we're about to play ah um, oh. in in today's episode can you guess which one
1: uh let's have a look I'm gonna go is it Is it the song two on this one? Is it are they from
0: Minnesota? No, they're not.
1: Oh, alright. Let's let's see.
0: Uh, do you want me to just let reveal I'll let, let's I'll let reveal. you know when we cover it? I, I, re- cover I reckon it.
1: I think I know now. I've i just seen the line up and I reckon I know. Alright, what we're we gonna do now? We're gonna start. We're gonna start in Sydney. Okay? where you where you you are. So this is a band called Euphoria, and this is their song Love You Right.
0: Immediately you know what kind of song this is from the first five As in, seconds. A good song? Yeah.
1: It's catchy, but the chorus takes to a whole new level. All right. Yeah. So, that's enough of that.
0: often is the case with a lot of songs from this era, they all sound the same until you get to the chorus, and you're like, "Oh, it's this song." Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: so. The, the story of this band is fascinating, okay? So they weren't a band. It was uh, – so the members of the band, Andrew Klippel, Holly Garnett and Karen Minchel. Now, Karen Minchel was on The Morning Show a few years ago talking about Euphoria, the band, and saying they weren't a band. They were put together by some people with some very deep pockets and they wanted to see if they could bypass radio and get a number one hit. And so they employed Andrew Clipple to write the song and uh, Karen was just brought in as a vocalist and the other member, Holly Garnett, was Andrew's girlfriend. So they film the film clip for it. When they see the film clip that they actually filmed, they realise that, you know what, Holly Garnett is more appealing than Karen Mitchell who actually sings the song. So in the film clip, Holly Garnett's miming to (laughs) Karen's vocals even though they're in the band together. Wow. <laughs> so that was the Australian film. In, in the UK, they had Karen as they did a different film clip than they had her because they thought, we don't want to have a Milli Vanilli on our hands and have everyone get really angry at us. So um, Karen Mitchell was a session musician and her most famous work before, she'd done some ads, but was in 1988 when it was the Bicentennial, uh, they just, like the government commissioned this song, which she co-wrote with Rick Price, uh, which people might know from Only Heaven Knows. Have you, noticed something now, you wouldn't even be alive something for '88. I don't know. I'm '85,
0: so. '85, okay, yeah. yeah. So you wouldn't have got
1: the coin at school. A where we all did. But this is <laughs> this is kind of like Australia's We Are the World. Is Karen?
0: Oh, I know this song. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll get I'll get to the chorus. Yeah. Yeah, So they get all the uh, Australian celebrities they could. So there's people like Denise Drysdale, um, Burt Newton, John English.
0: Daryl Summers in there?
1: Daryl Summers is not in there. I looked for him. Angry Please. Anderson is in there. Apparently Angry Anderson, because he sings on the chorus as well, uh, refused to be in the recording studio with the people who he said weren't real singers, which was Karen and Rick Price, because he was a rock singer and they weren't real singers.
0: He was drawing the lines back then.
1: Yeah. So they, they did get number one. This was number one. They didn't have like a record label behind them. They played this on in clubs. They gave it to DJs around Sydney in the dance scene. And also, and this has come up so much on this show, E Street. It was given straight to E Street. It said, put this in your song. Simon Baker from E Street is in the film clip. as one in of the, the dancers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so, insane. Like, And then, because it was a big hit, they went, oh shit, we better actually be a band. And so they wrote <laughs> a follow-up song, which we'll talk about in a later episode which also got to number one.
0: Right. Oh, so these guys weren't just a one hit wonder.
1: They weren't a one hit wonder. Yeah. They actually, they only had one album and then the band split up because Andrew and Holly broke up.
0: Right. Okay. Sure. This yeah. is not the only um, like weirdly fabricated uh, Australian pop group that we're going to be talking about in this episode. No, too. <laughs> <laughs> no. there's one I think the up. other one, the there's other it. one's far weirder.
1: <laughs> and I would say far worse a song, but <laughs> we're coming up to that. So love you. Right. I, I really like this song as a yeah, pop song, as a '90s pop song. It's got all the hallmarks of what I want. It's got that really cheap keyboard. It's got a big catchy chorus. That's great. And Karen Munchell is she's great voice.
0: Yeah, look when I'm when I'm doing a '90s party and it's not uh, the younger crowd that are here to just just to hear to, like that come to the party to hear like Backstreet Boys and stuff. If I do notice the older ravers, this is definitely a song I bust out.
1: Yeah, great. All right, so track two we're gonna play, or actually side B track two. These are some Some boys from Minnesota. They're called Natural Selection. And this is their song Do Anything featuring Nikki Harris, which I'm gonna I'm gonna play halfway through just because there's a line in it I think is so great. I want everyone to hear it. So here we go. I think I like you. There we go. That's that's do anything by Nashville. Smooth to the
0: groove like sandwich bread.
1: That was the line that I (laughs) picked (laughs) out. Sandwich bread. (laughs) Sandwich Sandwich bread's just bread. Like (laughs) Yeah. So Minnesota, also the home of another famous singer, Prince.
0: Yeah, slightly famous. And yeah, I mean, take me back to the days where like you you could just get on the charts for doing a Prince ripoff song. <laughs> it,
1: it's so Prince-sounding. Like, apparently even uh, Frederick Thomas's vocals, everyone's, when it first played on the radio, they were like, is this a new Prince song? And it got people going, oh, wow, it's a new Prince song. Which is also, I don't know if there's uh, bands that you hear and go, oh, is that another band? So the first time I heard Augie March was their song um, Asleep in Perfection, and I thought it was a new Radiohead song. Oh, it just sounded right. like Radiohead yeah, totally. to me when I heard yeah. it on the radio And it was before Shazam, so I couldn't just Shazam it And I went out and went, oh, cool, I like this I like this band They sound like Radiohead
0: But there is a very direct connection to Prince with this song So Nikki Harris is the lead singer of Snap, um, yep. 90s group um, What are they again? What's their big song? I should know uh, this
1: We'll, we'll put it in post. We'll put it in, I in show, I agree, it. it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's
0: Snap. She's a lead singer of Snap. And um, she re-recorded the, the female vocals because it was originally um, recorded by Ingrid Chavez. Yeah. And uh, because of a dispute with her label, Paisley Park Records, Princess Record Company, uh, she wasn't allowed to be on this record.
1: Yeah. Which is, I I understand why Prince would be like, no, you're with my label and these guys are ripping me off. But yeah. Prince was so, so cool. Absolutely. I understand why people want to want to rip him off. There should I be more really- people try to rip off Prince.
0: Yeah, um, my favorite is um, when like just Prince showing up at other people's shows. Um, there's there's lots of great film clips on YouTube of him just like showing up with random artists that I was like, oh, okay, sure. Like he does a uh, "Every Day Is a Winding Road" with Cheryl Crow. Yeah, and it rules. <laughs> Also, best. We uh, recently, at the start of the year, my wife and I watched every Super Bowl midtime show, oh. and Prince's is easily the best one.
1: It is so good, and the fact that it was absolutely pouring, and everything's going against it, and he comes out, and it, it, there's always this folklore around Prince, like when he threw the guitar up in the air at the whatever show that was with, I think it was Jeff Beck or something like that, yep, yep. Th- and then people said the guitar didn't come down. Like he just throws it up and then you don't see it again. I'm like, it clearly came down, it's just the camera didn't get it. It's fine. But in the in the Super Bowl thing, because it was pouring so much, he played Purple Rain, perfect. He walked off and everyone's like, he was dry for some reason. Where he was standing, <laughs> there was no rain hitting him. But Conan O'Brien tells a really great story that he was. Uh, I can't remember who, whose gig it was, but the rumor was that Prince's Prince is, Prince is going to play, and that was the rumor and he's like, going, Oh cool. And he was in the wings cause he had to do something there. And then Prince kind of just settles up next to him. He goes, oh, Hey, oh, hi, I'm Conan. And he goes, Oh hi. And he goes, Oh, I heard you playing. And Prince is like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to play. I'm just, I'm just watching. And he goes, Oh, okay. Cause uh, everyone was saying that you're playing. And he goes, no, no, I'm not playing. And then all of a sudden a roadie comes on and just puts a guitar on him and like, oh, you are playing? He goes no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm just, I'm just here to watch. And then just walks out with the guitar in place. <laughs> he goes like, what? I was here. I was, I was backstage. I wasn't gonna be to spoil it. I wasn't gonna like give away the scoop. But Yeah. yeah. Well, this tells you what we think about natural selection uh, when we're actually talking about yeah. prints and not there <laughs>
0: But I, for the record, I like this. Was a nice surprise. This song, I liked it. Like it, it, it's, uh, it's, The vocals are good. I really love the bass line. Um, yeah. And uh, look, it's a completely forgettable song But uh, compared to some of the monstrosities We're going to have to talk about soon It's,
1: uh, I'm, I'm, it's I'm the rap in it It's the rap that I'm not a fan of There's a little rap section And when I say rap, I mean It's just someone talking uh, It's it's not rapping It's like And I, I know that makes me sound like an old man But it is <laughs> that thing of like It's like when people just hear Oh, this is rapping It's just talking over a beat And it's like, no, no There's more to it than just that Of course, yeah And that this person's just Presenting a stanza over a beat—it's uh, not great. Is that great.
0: The, the the female rap, the Nicki Harris part, or no? Maybe, there's a no, there's
1: right. a there's another rap in it—the um, male part. It's only four lines. And yep. it's, yes, It's, of it's not Frederick Thomas. Yeah, it's it's so bad. Anyway, yeah. speaking speaking of bad and cringe. Oh, just uh, so, just
0: before we move on, Nikki Harris was a lead singer of Snap, who their big song was "Rhythm Is a Dancer."
1: See, I, I in my head I was singing right on time, but I know that, that is Black Box. Yeah, but it's around that same era. All right. So these uh, people are from Sydney. The band is called Freaked Out <laughs> Flower Children. This is not on Spotify, okay? And this is For a good cover. <laughs> this is the cover of the song Spill the Wine, originally performed by Eric Burden and War. Here we go. The <laughs>
0: was you just feeling the song real hard. <laughs> uh. <laughs> now I was out walking just the other day. God, this sucks so much. <laughs> when I came this field. And it's so long until the chorus. It's, it's like a minute long. and a half. Alright,
1: should we get to the chorus? <laughs> yeah. I was so tired. Oh, I God. To lay Here we go. Just for the listener, it's a guy in, like, velvet pants and no shirt and dreadlocks. I'll let you guess what colour skin he has.
0: (laughs) We're still so far from the
1: chorus.
0: (laughs) It almost sounds like a Tism parody of this kind of music. Well,
1: uh, I'll stop it there. I'll... Tism have, there's a connection to Tism with this band What? Yeah, so it's interesting you said that So Sophie Lee is a member of this band Now, people might know Sophie Lee from her acting work She TV was presenting in work Muriel's, Muriel's Wedding, In the Castle Two of the great films of that uh, generation Also before that, she was the host of the Bugs yep. Bunny show that's how was, I know her. So, yeah. so
0: as I would watch Rage in the morning and in the afternoons, I would watch the Bugs Bunny show. Where for some reason in Australia, they would pre- they had an Australian woman going like, "What's Bugs going to get up to now?" Oh, that funny coyote! Like that, in, just like in between these classic Warner Brothers cartoons, very yes. odd.
1: And and Sophie Lee, it was controversial because people would say that she was uh, over sexualizing her little bits, like her.
0: Yeah, her, her little she throat. was awakening the masses of young men who were watching her in the afternoon.
1: And I, I went on. There's, you can go down a rabbit hole on YouTube and, and try and find. There's not too many, but the ones I did find. There's one of her kind of like lying in bed. She's wearing lingerie, uh, <laughs> holding a photo frame with Bugs Bunny in it and kissing it and saying, "Oh, when he, will he be mine?" Blah blah. blah. And it was like, and apparently that ad only got played twice ever because people complaining, like, What is this? Like, come on, like yeah. <laughs> I will stick it, stand out for Sophie Lee though because she was only she's only twenty one at the time. Mm-hmm. I've been in that situation where you uh, you've got uh, like a, <laughs> where you have
0: to lie in bed in lingerie and kiss a photo of Bugs Bunny. Well, <laughs> yes, no,
1: where you have to do something for a network that you don't really want to do. Like you, like I don't feel this is comfortable. And she, there's a Denton interview where she was like going, "Yeah, look, they use me. I kind of use them too. I was trying to get like more work off the back of this, so I, I understood the game, and it was all that kind of thing. But it really was people going." You need to. Um, oh, yeah. You, yeah, you need to stop being so sexual. There's a, a horrible, horrible um, interview with her and Don Burke. And I think I watched it cringing from the moment because I know like yeah. the stories about Don Burke are out there now. And so you watch it going, oh, this is so gross. He shouldn't be interviewing, a, he shouldn't be in a 22 year old's house. This is gross. And he's being gross in it as well. And yeah. It's horrible. And she plays Faith No More. And he's like, oh, turn this off. Oh, it's horrible. Oh. And it's just, it's just a drum. That's all he's hearing at that time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So this was Freak out Flower Children. They only lasted, they didn't last long. It's clearly them trying to go, oh, d and Grooves in the Heart is popular. Let's be like a a funk band, like in the early 90s. And then even she says, look, there wasn't much. Uh Longevity in this band We were kind of like A party band Got together She plays uh, saxophone In this song She's playing the recorder And she does backing <laughs> vocals
0: Yeah And then So the other members Are uh, members of a band Called Mighty Big Crime Yep Tricky J From Mighty Big Crime And, and Gumpy Phillips is the, Who's the guy Who's doing the main vocal On this track
1: I wonder what Gumpy Phillips Is doing now <laughs> Gumpy Gumpy Would you reckon You'd ever be a, Like a rock star With the name Gumpy
0: I mean, it, that sounds like an, an alias. Um, what was the What was the TISM connection, Josh?
1: Oh, so uh, TISM wrote a song about Sophie Lee called "Get Thee to a Nunnery." Oh,
0: Of course,
1: and right. it's it's one of those things. I I kind of look back at a few of these, uh, like that TISM song, and also some of the stuff on the Late Show, and go, "Oh, this is <laughs> not age well. It just seems mean. It just seems like you're like these are, like because." The Late Show did a parody of Frente's Accidentally Kelly Street, which was Accidentally was yes. released. Yeah, I remember. Angie Hart was 18, 19 at the time. It's <laughs> like, it's just like, and I, I really don't like the phrase punching down, but it really does seem like it's one of those things where it's like, just, okay, you stop picking on people who are just trying to get a, get in the industry. Like it's Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. it's like a bunch of 30-year-old men t- yeah. taking shots at a 20-year-old 20, 20 yeah. girl. It's oh. yeah, It has not aged well.
1: And also, Sophie Lee and Mick Malloy dated for six years. So mm. there's another connection there between those two.
0: Yeah, right. Well, look, Sophie Lee is by far the the like not nowhere near the worst thing about the freaked out flower children, no. in my opinion. No, uh, not at Gumby all. Gumpy Phillips takes that title <laughs> for me.
1: <laughs> all right, moving on. Now it's time to relax a little bit. If you were splitting this CD with your mum, this is the one that she would be liking. This is. Richard Marks. No, get out of here. Come on. Don't you dare say that about
0: my mom. Keep coming back. (laughs) (laughs) What a stinker.
1: That's enough of that.
0: Okay. Do you like any Richard Marks songs? Because I, re- I like the song Hazard a lot. I remember but Hazard,
1: it- but I remember, I think I remember it because the film clip was on a baseball field or something yes. like that. And yep, I think yep, I, re- I remember that going, oh, cool, baseball. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I remember. I don't know who this music is for. This is, this is absolutely music to talk over. It's like put it on in the background and talk over. No one's going to be offended by this kind of music.
0: So the album version of this song is six minutes and fifty-one seconds long.
1: So long. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you reckon they were writing it just going, we'll, "We'll get a hook to a hook soon"? No, no, just keep going. We'll, we'll, there'll be a hook coming up. We'll have something to grab onto.
0: He's also very big in in uh, in the Spanish-speaking parts of the world. He, he released a Spanish version of this album, and, and that, it, it, that charted there too.
1: Ah, well, he, his parents are musicians. His mum was a singer. His dad wrote jingles, and Richard Marks got his start writing jingles. His dad's name was Dick Marks.
0: Right. Great.
1: Yeah. Cool name. Uh, His son's name was (laughs) Skid. He was uh, kind of discovered at 17. He sent a tape that landed in the hands of uh, Lionel Richie, and Lionel Richie said, look, I can't promise you anything, but you should move to L.A., I don't know if Lana Ritchie was in LA and said, or not in LA, maybe he was in New York and went, hey, just go, go to the other side of the country. Uh, Luther Vandross provides backing vocals on this song.
0: Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't find them. I uh, yeah,
1: I, I think it's right near the end.
0: Right, okay, I didn't the, get that far.
1: Yeah, in the, the four-minute mark. <laughs> but he, so Richard Mark's huge career, huge career. Like he's uh, still going strong, still like doing albums and uh, doing concerts and all that kind of stuff. and. Well done. He, he's got an audience. He's like I think he sold like thirty million albums, but some some of the things I like about him. There's some facts I found about it. He so in ninety one or ninety two he was on the Howard Stern show, on E. So the TV show, mm-hmm. and it's you can go and look at this on YouTube. And in the interview, it's a very confrontational interview. So his wife at the time uh, was an actor. I forget her name, but she was in Dirty Dancing. She okay. played. Not the love interest, but she played the girlfriend that Richard, uh, Patrick Swayze um, left to be with the love interest. I've not seen that film, but Howard Stern's talking about it. And Howard Stern's just kind of saying, "I wanted your wife on here, and uh, I was, so how often do you have sex?" Just just you know the just great, classic banter. The great, the great Howard Stern questions. But then Howard Stern mentions that he was making a film based on his character Fartman. And Richard Marks had written the theme music for Fart Man, <laughs> 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 and he's on there, yeah, yeah. Because Richard Marks going, Hey, I did you a favor, I wrote the theme music for your movie that's coming out. This is a movie that never came out, by the way. So th- you can't find it. I tried looking, as soon as I heard that, I went, I've got to, I've got to hear the theme to Fart Man, <laughs> but yeah,
0: that's excellent.
1: Do the Fart Man also. Uh, recently, uh, he was he made the news because he was on a on a flight uh, on Korean Air, where another passenger was drunk and had to be tasered and tied to his chair using ropes, and uh, Richard Marx was on there and then came out and said that Korean Air uh, should have cut him off sooner from the alcohol and handled it really, really badly. Wow! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and this is my last Richard Marx fact. No, please
0: keep him coming. This is fascinating because he seems like such a like a, a wet sock of an artist. Yeah. So for
1: well. He wrote a song and then Kenny Rogers heard it and said, hey, I think you should change this line to this. And just just to say the line was uh, smooth like sandwich bread. <laughs> Maybe Richard Marks wrote smooth like sandwich toast and Kenny Rogers said, hey, change toast to bread. I reckon that's... Uh, so. Kenny Rogers then wanted 50% songwriting credit. Right. <laughs> from one line. Okay. Yeah, from one line. <laughs> Fucking gambler. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Alright, so um, that, that's, that's Keep Coming Back by Richard Marks Will you keep coming back to that song?
0: No, I hope I never ever hear it again And I reckon I never will That's great Unless I listen back to this, hour, this episode um, I think that's the only chance I'll ever have of hearing that song again Alright, well this is our next song this is, he, He's been
1: mentioned on, on the pod already uh, Not today, but in a previous episode This is Marky Mark and his Funky Bunch This is the track Wild Side
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> America the <they're> beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Let
0: me introduce you all to the wild side.
1: All right, so wild side. Oh, he's a bad boy. <laughs> Let me introduce you to the wild side. Marky Mark, he's, he seems like a bit of a bad boy, but no, no, no. He, this is a this is a cautionary tale. Here we go. Annie was a high school cheerleader palms and bobby socks and no girl was to come prom time. Everybody was on the line. All the fellas singing nickel and dime. Tales about love and lust and trust. But Annie took it all in stride, cause deep inside, Annie had aspirations. Besides that, she had expectations. Wanted to be a chemical engineer, making 50 to 55,000 a year. Her first year of college was a success. But along comes Billy possessed and obsessed. He took Annie on a fatal date and showed her things that made heartbeats accelerate. Annie took a hit, breathed two short breaths—one for life, the last for death. Now she's gone. A former valedictorian, Victorian ended up becoming a top of four story and two washed up dreams, shattered pride, all because Annie took a hit on a wild Damn. Damn. Annie's dead. Oh no, she had Rip. One, one puff. We don't know what drug it is, but I'm I'm thinking crystal meth. I don't know. Yeah, who
0: knows. Or whatever yeah. what was big on the Boston streets back then. Yeah. Marky Wark was having none of it.
1: This, is, this was a song that uh, Breaking Bad was based on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's why, that's why uh, Mark Wahlberg has an executive producer credit yeah. at the beginning of every Breaking Bad episode.
1: <laughs> so uh, the song clearly is, uh, you know, using the sample of Lou Reed's uh, Wild Side, which was A Walk on the Wild Side, which was all about, it was cool. It's like, hey, let's go for a walk. Let's actually do some bad things. But this, he flips it. He's like, No. Don't do well. Don't do bad things. It's kind of like it's not,
0: it's not even the most famous like rap song that samples uh, that song. Uh, obviously, that is a tribe called Quest. Can I kick it? Yeah, which came out two years before this.
1: <laughs> do you think Marky Mark had heard the original Lou Reed version? First? Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Oh, oh wait, the Lou Reed version? No, uh, I'm not sure. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think he. Uh, look there's plenty of reasons to dunk on uh, on Mark Warburg, but I think there is a little bit of Sophie Lee syndrome happening for him too. I think he a lot of his funky bunch career was uh, decided by someone above him, I think
1: yeah yeah well, it, this is kind of like uh, mm, mm, mm by the crash test dummies. It's like it's three different stories. every verse is a new story. it's a new cautionary tale. Yeah. No, um, no one's hair goes white uh, from getting uh, struck by lightning, but it's here. So you said it's easy to dunk on uh, Mark Wahlberg. It, it is. I've got some examples here. So uh, he was meant to be on the flight uh, on, on 9-11. Do you know this story?
0: Of course I know the story. I love hearing it every time. So I quote this all the time. Whenever um, I'm I'm out of the house and I come back home and the kids have slammed their fingers in the car door or something, I say to my wife, look, if I'd been in the car, things would have been different. It wouldn't have gone down like that. (laughs) And uh, my wife never thinks it's funny, but I keep doing it every time.
1: Here's the full quote. If I was on that plane with my kids, it wouldn't have went down like it did. There would have been a lot of blood in that first-class cabin and then me saying, okay... We're gonna land somewhere safely don't worry
0: <laughs> what a piece <laughs> of shit man so I um I, I train at f f45 which is a, a a gym that started in Australia um and then it became a chain and it, it's now in America too but Marky Mark is like one of the main investors in f45 now oh. and he will often whenever he's in Australia he does like a a, a visit to a random f45 gym and some of my friends. Uh, who go in the city have got photos with Marky Mark. My friend, uh, Dan Hong, who was a Vietnamese chef, uh, he uh, he got a photo with him, and I was like, you know what, uh, Marky Mark thinks of thought of Vietnamese people in the '80s, right, Hongi? Because <laughs> uh, I imagine one of the other stories you're about to tell uh, is is that right?
1: Said it last time. He's, this is the second appearance, so you yeah. know I've got I've got to leave some things in, in the tank.
0: Oh, there's so many, so many stories. Of, uh, <laughs> well,
1: Marky unfortunately, Mark. this is all for Marky Mark in the 100 uh, percent hits compilations. He doesn't make any more appearances. This is it. Yeah, well, I, I think he
0: made the full transition to actor by the mid-90s. Yeah,
1: we we talked about this last time, how like, it wasn't too long ago after this, it wasn't long after this that he was like Boogie Nights, which is what a wild wild career, wild swing. It's, like, yeah, well, eight,
0: like eight years after this song or something like that. No, seven oh, years after this song, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, but then would have been filming it a year before that. So, yeah, mm. crazy. All right, speaking of people who have been played before, now, this is, we're on disc three, okay? And this is this band's third appearance They've been on every single one There's only so much I can say about the band Crowded House So this is their song, It's Only Natural So here we go
0: Ready all night, here comes a drop
1: You feel lucky when you know where you are You know it's gonna come true Are One of their cra- best. Are you a Crowd House fan?
0: I am a Split Ends fan, first and foremost. Yeah. Um, but Crowded House, like, you can't deny their uh, their banger ability. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I like the the edginess that Split Ends had. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Crowded House were the act that I was referring to earlier in the episode. I actually,
1: oh, you supported Crowded House?
0: I opened. I was about two months ago. Um, they did a big national tour. Yeah. And um, it was the Craziest level of COVID safety I've ever experienced. Um, I had to do a rapid test um, uh, before it, it, entering backstage. I wasn't allowed to go into the um, the like the main part of the of the show. Like I just had to stay backstage. I wasn't allowed on the stage unless I was playing. I had to wear a mask while I was DJing. And Neil Finn still got COVID, and they had to cancel the rest of the tour. Oh man! But so- um, I, yeah, I I. Crowded House for me, like, they were the band that our my year six year unanimously chose that we should have our final song for our, like, graduation mass be um, Don't Dream It's Over. <laughs> and my first, we already know what my first CD was, but my first k- single uh, given to me in uh, Christmas 1992 or 3 uh, would have, would have been uh, distant sun. Actually, my uncle gave me two casingles. K- one was distant sun by Crowded House, and the other one was Boom Shake the Room oh. by Fresh Prince and, uh, and Jazzy DJ Jeff. Jazzy Jeff, Great. and Jazzy Jeff has signed the casingle k- of that. I, I interviewed him on radio many years ago, and he happily signed it. and uh, I was hoping to get my copy of Distant Sun uh, signed as well, but because of the COVID restrictions, I wasn't able to meet the great man.
1: I remember when I was eight years old, uh, for my, or maybe seven, for my birthday that year, I got given Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up on Cast Single, and um, which is a song that my kids listen to all the time and still think Rick Rowling is very, very funny.
0: Dude, I played, funnily enough, it was a year six graduation last year I DJed, and their song that they chose to do their big dance to was Never Gonna Give You Up. Kids TikTok. love it. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's all TikTok. Yeah. My, my kid has a very funny thing when, because we share the Spotify account. So if I'm at the gym and he's still awake, he'll just put on either Rick, like he'll Rickroll me or put on <laughs> 10 hours of fart noises. It's like, great. Fart man. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Get it back. Now, I was thinking, like, because I've talked about them already enough, uh, Crowder House. I'm going to talk about them in another episode as well. Like, really, the, so this is all from the album Woodface which mm-hmm. was not popular in America, uh, even though their previous albums had been popular. Even, and also, this is, people say, their best album. And Americans were like, nah, not into it. Not into it at all.
0: It's funny. You know, I can tell you all of Split Ends' albums, but I only know Crowded House's best of, because that, that CD was just, that was what you got. The Don't get yep. Do it It's Over Tour or whatever it was. Yep. They performed on Opera House and they released that blue and red CD with all their, all their hits on it. So yeah, I, yeah. I just, in my, in my head, Karate uh, House have one album <laughs> and, every, and I know the words to every song on it.
1: <laughs> but I was thinking, cause, cause you know, they're kind of one of these weird bands that Australians are either Australian. so, oh, an Australian band. Cause two of the three members are Australian, but Neil Finn as a principal songwriter would go, he's from New Zealand. And I was thinking, can we do a, can we do a trade? Is there, is there a, a Australian musician that we can trade to New Zealand for Neil Finn, so we can claim his as ours. Bernard Fanning. I'd be happy with that. Give him did all the power finger.
0: Did you see this weekend just passed that um, uh, the New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinta Ardern, met with our new Prime Minister, um, Albo? Yeah. And uh, they did a vinyl trade. Yeah. And. I I saw the photo of Albo and he's holding like a bunch of like flying Nun records. Like he's got a clean album, yep. Um like a pretty pretty good stack. And he gave her a fucking Powderfinger album. It's what just a so, shit trade!
1: It's so weird because he got mid mid on powder Powderfinger. I can't remember who the other one was. ACDC maybe. But it was like Albo is one of these guys who prides himself. And oh, I love music. I li- I'm like, do you do you still or do you just know when you were like eighteen nineteen? You're into like the church and the saints and stuff like that. And then you've never really... But like, I don't know. I played in the Community Cup and he was one of these politicians who would come around, get photos at the Community Cup and then fuck off. And like, this was when Triple R Community Radio, needed extra funding. And it was like all for him, just a publicity kind of photo op thing. And look, I'm glad he's Prime Minister. I'm glad Scott Morrison's no longer Prime Minister. But I'm like, I get so sick of like people just... I like him because he likes music I like. That's not a reason to vote for a politician.
0: Do you know my Albo story? No. So I was DJing at a wedding a few years ago and he was there. And I had been DJing for roughly 10 minutes and I already had a dance floor going. I was playing Beyonce songs and people were loving it. Uh, And he came up to me and he said, what else do you have? And I said, I've got everything, man. What do you want to hear? And he put his glasses on and le- leant down to my computer. And then he physically touches the screen of my computer at D Light's Groovers in the Heart. And he says, Groovers in the Heart will do. And then walked away.
1: <laughs> Did you say, hey, if you like Groovers in the Heart, you might like a little band called Freaked Out Flower Children? Yeah, I should have given him that. <laughs> hey, it's so funny that you mentioned Jacinda Ardern because we're going to talk about her next. Great. So, this next time we're going to play by Jenny Morris. New Zealand born, but Australia has claimed her as our own. Uh, this and is I feel her like one hundred
0: percent hits has claimed her as their own too. she's know on a bunch of these.
1: Yeah, this is her song "I've Had You," written by Jenny Morris and Paul Kelly. If the- Let's go to the bridge. I not need to hear that bit. But <laughs> I, when I first heard this song, I thought I want a kind of nothing boring song. And over the last two weeks of listening to this album, I really like this song now.
0: Yeah, it's solid. I don't think it belongs on a 100% hits compilation because, I mean, I can't imagine being a teenager with this song in amidst the other songs we've been talking about. Yeah. It's, it's fairly unexciting. But you're right, it is quite a beautiful song.
1: I mean, to go from... Um, Wild side to this in two songs. (laughs) I I would say the sequencing of this album is probably also lets it down a fair bit as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But uh, Um. I mentioned Jacinda Ardern. So uh, Jenny Morris in 2018 was inducted into the New Zealand Music Hall of Fame and Jacinda Ardern gave the opening speech all about Jenny Morris. And she's a huge Jenny Morris fan.
0: Yeah, also, like, yeah, Justine Adern's love of music, I feel like, is far more genuine. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any politicians should be allowed to DJ. Like, it's still as cringy as, but uh, she is the least cringy. At least she, like, you know, she definitely plays songs that I would never play because you can't really dance to them. But uh, I, I like that she's very passionate about New Zealand music. I mean, I feel like New Zealand indie pop is, like, a genuinely credible slice of music that has aged better and better as we yeah. get older. Yeah, um, in a way that a lot of Australian pop doesn't. But I, I would yeah.
1: say this kind of pop—I'd I, I, say this song's aged pretty uh, well. I'd say it kind of fits that kind of same genre as your Gautier kind of pop songs, where it's like a little bit more interesting. I know Kate Bush has made a resurgence in the last uh, month because of uh, Stranger Things, but it's—it's it's in a similar vibe of like it's a—it's pop music for adults.
0: Mm, it's adult, yeah, adult contemporary.
1: Yeah um I, sh- I should point out this uh someone mentioned this last time to me i uh with when we talk about jenny morris is uh she has uh this thing called spasmodic dysphonia i mentioned oh it should be that when you know how every year that there's a a new 80s uh song that kind of gets in the conscious and like we had daryl Braithwaite's horses and that kind of stuff i was like oh it should be like breaking the weather it should be jenny morris should, should come back and uh someone said no she she doesn't sing anymore she uh her so spasmodic dysphonia is when the muscles in a person's vocal cords are going to spasm. And so she finds it really oh, hard yeah. to talk. And it sounds like she's got uh, laryngitis the whole time. And so That's when she uh, yeah, when she had her Hall of Fame uh, speech, she gave a little uh, talk at the start and then said, oh, I'm going to hand it over to my friend who's got beautiful uh, tones, who's going to say my words. And so, yeah, but she's also on the board of the APRA, APRA uh, licensing uh, board. So... Get some of my money when I play these songs. so <laughs> Excellent. I uh,
0: actually pay her money then because I, I have to have a license for my Patreon service.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm the same with this. So here we go. All right. Anything else about Jenny Morris? We both Just did like, great, uh, good I'm song. always
0: amazed at how prolific, I mean, I'm sure you could say the same about Australian artists, but I feel like all these New Zealand artists just like were in 20 different bands. Like I think yeah. Jenny Morris was in like five different bands named after different animals <laughs> yeah. in the 80s before her solos and stuff.
1: Well, her first thing that she was in, she was in uh, a puppet group like she was in a puppet group that then went hey we all kind of play music let's sing as well and then the rest of the puppeteers were like hey jenny's the best singer we'll get her out in front and then she uh got kind of discovered by other local musos that way and then yeah everyone was like yeah no nah, she's the best
0: because there's like there's the crocodiles and then there's yeah. like wide-mouthed frogs is one of her bands well that the- was
1: that was the puppet
0: group oh was it there you yeah
1: go. and then they yeah went from puppets to music all right moving on this uh, this band or i don't know what what orchestral maneuvers in the dark otherwise (laughs) known as omd on this on this album uh this is their song pandora's box
0: We'll stop it there. What do you think? So, I mean, OMD I have a weird relationship with just because I know they were so big in the 80s and 90s. I play yeah. so many 80s and 90s parties and people will always request an OMD song. Is it Anola like,
1: Gay? Is that the song they request?
0: That or Stay With Me Yeah, it's a lot of requests as well. And like, I just, I, they don't ever sound like dancey songs to me at all. Like there is that like very morose feel to them. Yeah, there, There's a darkness that I can never like... Never accept In OMD
1: See I like that In my electronic music I don't like this song In terms of like And I, I know it's hard to judge I judge it on their Previous work as well mm. uh, So this to me It just sounds too clean It sounds like it's, I, I like a bit more grit In my Yeah for sure Electronic um, music
0: when, but when when I'm playing when I'm playing like a bunch of like you know '90s dance songs and yeah. someone's like play OMD I'm like oh how the hell am I going to make this work Are you
1: sure that it meant OMC and you just play <laughs> how <Hal> bizarre <laughs>
0: They're even darker man. <laughs> so
1: this was their eighth album. It's called Sugar Tax. Uh, only one of the original members in the band at this stage, a guy called Andy McCluskey, who's the singer. The other three members all left to join a new band or their own band called the Listening Pool. And I find that weird that he got to keep the name. They yep. the three members, but I think the record label had a say in it and said, no, no, he's going to release OMD stuff on our label. So it's all about uh, silent yeah, film actor Louise Brooks.
0: What an insane concept for a song. If you, if you watch the, the film clip for this song, you are given like a, a history of this yeah. woman, Louise Brooks. Um, yeah. So and she was in a
1: silent film star who starred in the film Pandora's Box. Uh, she was, uh, people say that she popularised the Bob hair to cut from the 20s. Everyone was like I want to look like that.
0: But Hitler hated her.
1: Yes. <laughs> Hitler deemed that she was uh like pornographic.
0: And so Which, all of her works were de- most of her works were destroyed, is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pandora's Box stayed cuz the film clip is uh uses it. Uh but yeah, most of her work. Did- and she, you know, couldn't get work and then also became a sex worker in uh when she was in her 30s. So she was only 17. Uh, when she was in uh, Pandora's Box and when she was a, like a movie star and then uh, fell on hard times and in her 30s ended up being a sex worker. Very sad yeah. story. But like this band have like weird things they want to write about. So, yeah, totally,
0: and I love that. Like this, it's like this song is inspired by her life, but it, it, the song is about her life. The first lyric is like "Born yeah. in Kansas." <laughs> so, I know
1: it does sound like they've read a Wikipedia. Right? All right, let's let's read this <laughs> out. Uh, so yeah, th- their third album, Architecture and Morality, which was the huge one that sold three million, and then their next, and I do give them credit for this because they were very artistic. Went, no, no, we're writing a song, we're writing an album, a concept album, and it's called Dazzle Ships, and it only sold. Three hundred thousand, which still is a lot, but it's almost three million less than their their previous one, <laughs> which is not great.
0: Yeah, it's a band that I, I think I know. I, I if I if I delved deeper into their back catalogue, I probably would find a lot more to enjoy about them. But from a purely like having three songs in my music library that I've been asked to. To, to play like a few times and being like, oh, I don't know. I'm yeah. oh, doing a weird, weird band for me.
1: All right. This is our last song. Now, listeners of the show have already heard this band and already heard this song. Two compilations in a row, they've got the same song, but this is the John Waddell Upbeat Mix. This is Gangstars Sick. <laughs>
0: I've been struck, affected by her smile And know her style is worthwhile And knowing that I'm deep like a river I feel I should give her Things that those others can't deliver Contrary to what I had wished It seems that I've been dissed But hey, I don't want to miss this Wonderful opportunity My boys, they try schooling me. But see, I know what I want Someone will be there for the whole nine This honey is so fine but now she's hung up the line Except because I told her I'm busy She made like a grizzly And started chewing my head off Screaming that I spent more time with friends And also, she said I ruined her weekend I said I know the stuff we had planned But please understand And now love I want to play more, I like that song yeah, so the original of this is about 20 beats per minute slower. Yeah. Um, we are about to enter uh, a stage of the 90s where jazz hip-hop reigns supreme for a <laughs> year or two. <clears throat> um, I think the, the 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 culmination of that is uh, Us Three's uh, our song Cantaloupe. Um, do you know that one? I don't know that uh, one. But, okay. yeah, I, I don't... John Waddell is credited with ma- doing the upbeat mix of, of, of this song. He yeah. um, also... Did a, uh, a pretty well-known remix of Main sources looking at the front door um, And if you listen To the lyrics of this of, of this Version, he's chopped And changed parts of it So it fits to the new beat better um, But the story that Guru The rapper tells in Love Sick um, Over the original DJ Premiere production, in this new version It doesn't make sense oh. Because he's, he's moved things from the second Verse to the third verse And yeah. then, yeah, it's very funny.
1: <laughs> I See, I when I played the original version in the uh, previous episode, I had a few people online saying, hey, that, you shouldn't have played that version. You should play this version. This is the better version of the song. This is the one that I reckon would have been on, but I yeah. knew I knew so, it was coming up.
0: A lot of people back then thought the same thing because a lot of people bought the Gangstar album and were upset that this was not the version of Lovesick on the yeah. album. Um, and yeah. I think, I mean, besides this compilation, I think like a CD copy of this song would have been fairly hard to come by. Well, um, this
1: this version's not on Spotify. You can't get this version on Spotify yeah. as well. So I don't know where people would find it now, apart from I found it on YouTube. It's easy to find, but yeah.
0: We've got to track down the 12 inches. But
1: I was thinking like a remix that's kind of, I wouldn't say, maybe I would say a better than the original uh, version. Um, there's There's not too many. And also I would say this has very Mark Ronson vibes.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Like that, that kind of like it's you know it, just, it sounds like a white version of a black song, basically, which is you know yeah. Mike Ronson's forte. Um, <laughs> um, this was like yeah, making a kind of like upbeat version that was not really for the clubs. It was it's almost like tailor made for like being in television or or, or, or yeah. radio. You know, yeah. Um,
1: the, the other example I can think of of a like an upbeat version of a previous song was uh. The we, we probably shouldn't talk about, it, but remix to ignition. Uh, the, the yeah, remix. oh yeah, no. But
0: the, the original ignition song is nothing like the remix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's okay. Uh, it's not your fault that we know every single word of that song, Josh. It's part of the lexicon. You know, you, you can R-R-F-A. remember that song without without uh, giving R Kelly money. <laughs> I,
1: I, I miss that song. I wish I could hear it again. But you it's, and it's every
0: every twenty something year old woman who comes to watch me DJ.
1: <laughs> well, this is my thing, like. I don't know where you stand on the whole Michael Jackson uh, debate, but I cannot believe there's a he, like there's a show on Broadway, the Michael Jackson story, that just won a Tony Award. How are they still <laughs> rewarding Michael Jackson with everything we know? I don't yeah, understand.
0: I think like you know that that a lot of people do genuinely believe or like you know I guess like when you have so many formative memories around songs, you have to separate the art from the artist, or else like you're like oh no like you know my memories. But then, yeah, I don't know. You don't, we don't need to keep keep these celebrations alive. It's a, it's, it's fun.
1: We've got Prince. All right. <laughs> hey, right. So that's that's the last song of the album. We did it. Now, this is a question that I'm now going to ask because of Michelle Brazier last week. They say it's 100% hits. What percentage would you give
0: Side B? <sighs> Honestly, man, one. One, one. one song is a hit, um, and that is Crowded House's It's Only Natural. And even then, like... You know, it's not their biggest hit, but I think that's like by far the best known song in this yep. collection of songs. What's like, I mean, after that, I guess the Euphoria song is like a sleeper hit.
1: I would say, yeah, Euphoria, for, like Crowder House, yes, Euphoria. I, I like the Jenny Morris song. Uh I don't mind uh the Pandora's box, but it's like quite, a, I don't know, it's... It, I wouldn't put it on and go. Oh yeah, this is what I want to listen to. But if it came on, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. Oh, this song sucks. And the Gangstar uh, remix is fun. Yeah, the Gangstar is very fun.
0: Well, Natural you. selection. That was that was a fun fun era to revisit. I didn't mind that.
1: And Richard Marx, you love that one. That he can go was, and die That was your in favorite, hell. Richard yeah, yeah. Marx. <laughs> until he comes,
0: until he releases the fart man. Yes, uh, he can die in hell.
1: <laughs> Richard Marx, we want to hear the fart man theme. Bring redeem it, yourself bring it to us alright uh, thank you very much uh, Levens uh, where can people find you
0: um, so uh, I do Hayfam, my podcast with Angus Truscott uh, every week um, you can find that at sanspantsradio.com um, and I actually do a mixtape service um, where every month I make two mixes uh, fully mixed by myself for at least an hour long and if you love this era um, I actually did a. I've done lots of 90s mixes, but the thing I'm most proud of is a mix I made called 90 Minutes of 90s. 90 uh, 90s Dance Songs in 90 Minutes is the name of it. And. Yeah, so it's me changing, basically just trying to cram as many 90s songs in 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 90 minutes. Uh, it was an insane undertaking. It took so long because when I it's different to DJing. When you DJ, you fuck up all the time, but no one notices. Yeah. But when you're making a mix, it has to be perfect. And uh, so yeah, it's 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 like just a, 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 a an encyclopedia of 90s dance. Uh, unfortunately, Euphoria don't make an appearance. But maybe if I ever yeah, I, and if I'm ever crazy enough to do a, a sequel, I'll, I'll try and do that. But if you want to go to Patreon.com/levdog. L e v d a w g. Uh, you can find all my mixes there for five bucks a month.
1: Brilliant. Hey, thanks everyone for uh, downloading these episodes and also reviewing them and giving five stars on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot. Makes it, the algorithm like it, like the pod even more. Hey, if you're in Sydney, I'm coming up and doing my podcast. Don't you know who I am? the live show on July 10 at the Vanguard. So it's Sunday afternoon, starts at 1, doors open at 1, show will kick off at one thirty. and then after the pod, I do my show from the Comedy Festival this year, Modern Contemporary, all about when I was uh, 16 and joined a professional dance troupe in Tasmania. You can also join the Patreon at patreon.com slash dykwia. Just did a episode of Top 5 with Jackson Bailey from Sands Pants Radio, where we've talked about the Top 5 nerdy things, mm-hmm. things, you, things that are cool to be nerdy about. Hey, this has been great. Thanks for doing this, Levens. I'll see you next time. Yeah, Bye. make sure
0: you get me back for the uh, the, the volume 13. 13, you come coming D- back. I'll do half of it and my mum can do the other half.
1: <laughs> Sick. All right, see you, dude. Bye. Bye.